I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University. And I'm John Blankenship from Vanderbilt University. You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. So anyway, uh, I actually just got finished like mowing the grass because for whatever reason now, I've become that old guy that has to mow <laughs> his grass like every like five days because I mowed it on Thursday. And then I looked out at it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's very unkempt. Uh, I go down there and I mow it and now I'm like, wow, when did I become that person? I used to be the person to let the grass like get up to like halfway up my shin and then i was like yeah i guess i should go mow it right oh the um, neighbors loved you <laughs> <laughs> and now well see the thing is is that back then it was all weeds and crap and i just didn't care um, and it never actually got up to halfway up my shin um it got up to like my ankle but <laughs> you know it was enough to you know might be a little crazy but now this- like got a I've guy got this- that's a picture of you in brown loafers black shin length socks <laughs> mowing the grass i like it i like it actually i was wearing my 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 grass mowing shoes are my old nike running shoes and eh, i still wear my running socks with it um <laughs> are they but, a beautiful green color now uh they are a uh they're they're black actually black and greenish white <laughs> <laughs> um but um I mean, that's what you do with old running shoes, right? Because right, what else absolutely. are they good for? Um, so anyway, you know, I, I would not say that my grass is to Belmont level yet, but it's getting there, man. It's getting there. I, I, I use, a, I use like, I have folks that come out and make it all fed and aerated and all that crap. Um, and over the last, like, three years, it's gone from a dandelion field of clovers to perfect fescue all the way around. <laughs> and now I get annoyed when people walk on my lawn. Actually, no, I don't. I don't. Actually, I encourage people to walk on my lawn to feel how good it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I, look, I have a six-year-old, about to turn six-year-old, right? I want to go outside, and I want to roll around in the grass with him and not be covered in dandelions and clover and I, I like it to be grass you know i think it's, that's fair i think it's fair now when i'm like 60 i might be annoyed with people walking on it but you know i'm not quite there yet <laughs> anyway you're that guy you're that guy you're, you're clint eastwood from gran torino get off my lawn i haven't seen that. gran torino oh <laughs> That's a that's a great meme. That's a that's a meme. You gotta look it up. Look, look. <laughs> is it meme or meme? Is what the kids are no, calling it these days? It's meme. meme. It's definitely meme. meme. <laughs> what in the world, John? <laughs> Next thing you're gonna tell me that it's GIF and not GIF. Well, you're talking about old guys. I'm just you know playing you know playing right along. Is it? <laughs> I, I found one of those memes online the other day. <laughs> memes. <laughs> It was a picture of a cat, I'm sure. Brutal. <laughs> exactly. That's the only word for it. But don't you don't you kind of miss when memes were just like cats 
and angry wolf dogs. <laughs> and because memes aren't memes, memes aren't as innocent as they used to be. No, they are not. Much like social media altogether. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's that's ninety percent of what I do on Facebook and Instagram now. Is just look at the memes. Because <laughs> they're everywhere. I, I mean, it's it's funny. It is. No it matter is. The, it's an app that's just for memes, and that's all you do on it. It's called. No Jiffy. matter the case of of what's going on at your office, you can always find a meme that matches the scenario. Absolutely. It's hilarious. Hundred percent agree with that. There's there's always an animated GIF for anything that you look for. Um, I think I I find it fun sometimes um, just to go on you know Jiffy or Tinner or whatever and just randomly type in something and see what happens. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. Well, um, I did hit record like seven minutes ago. So, so now it's real. Now it's so real. Now it's real. Kelsey. It's real. The show's real. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be on it. So, Good to have you. First question. <laughs> Who are you and where are you from? Um, My name is Kelsey Ryan, and I am currently the coordinator of fraternity and sorority life at the University of Memphis. Um, I am born and raised in a small town outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Went to Georgia Southern for my undergraduate degree. Graduated with a bachelor's degree in chemistry with a concentration in biochemistry. Um, Actually went to pharmacy school. I know that life. Yeah. Science. <laughs> Remember when I had a science degree, John? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, wait, I still do. <laughs> geology, right? Uh, biology with a minor in geology. There you go. All right, so you get it. You get it. I get it. Um, definitely a huge nerd. Love all things science. Um, I was that person in undergrad that had a periodic table of elements poster in my bedroom. Still, still love it, just not using that degree right now. <laughs> Here you are. Uh, it's great party knowledge. Right. I, hey, I think so, too. I I would agree with that. Or when you're on a podcast and you're talking to a scientist, you know what they're talking about. Not that <laughs> yes. I've ever done that before. <laughs> I've done that before. Um, but I actually, after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I actually went to pharmacy school to be a pharmacist. Got halfway through that program and um, realized it was not what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, told my parents I was having what I lovingly refer to as a quarter life crisis and had to reevaluate. Um, and then after some different things that happened in life, realized that, um, that fraternity and sorority life was actually a career that I could go into. I'm a first generation college student. So, um, you know, didn't know a lot about higher education in the beginning, um, but decided to pursue that passion. And so now here I am. First generation college student. Good for you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe our guests from a previous episode was a first generation college student. So that's, um, I don't know if it's rare, but it, it, it seems like, you know, you hear it a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know. We actually at University of Memphis have a large population of first generation college students. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. exciting place to be working. Now, Does anybody around there still refer to the University of Memphis as Memphis State? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh (laughs) Yes, they do. If that gives you any clue on how far I go back, I remember those days. 
Um, we still we still make some T-shirts from time to time that say um, MSU on them. Oh, what's old is new again. I mean, it's Absolutely. retro, right? Right, vintage. Vintage. When did they When did they switch? When did they rebrand? Do you know? I, um, off the top of my head, I do not know the answer to that. Okay, I mean it's it's been, you know, it's been fifteen years, something like that, maybe longer. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's been. I was gonna I was gonna guess fifteen to twenty, so I don't think it's been much longer than that. That's about that's uh, about what I was thinking too. I could probably Google it real quick and find out. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> doing it real fast. <laughs> and through the magic of editing. That's um, the best part of the show. People <laughs> like it's it's behind the scenes. You know, you're looking at So oh, it? Wow. twenty was it really you're old, John. Years. Wow. No, I didn't know it was 94. And that's, it's today. That's longer, that's longer ago than I thought. No way. It's, it's today in 1994. July oh, cool. 1st. Wow. Yeah. And listeners, you're obviously listening to this on, what, the 4th? Yeah, the 4th of July. Oh, happy Independence Day, everybody. Independence. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Fireworks. Scared yeah. dogs. Yeah, we're talking about July 1st like it was today, but really, <laughs> it's July 4th. Um, talking into the future how fun (laughs) (laughs) so i i would like to state that um i started this position less than a year ago so i'm not up to date on all of my university of memphis and memphis state uh fun facts (laughs) there will be no more quizzes (laughs) name the local high school basketball coach in memphis who was a former university of memphis basketball star penny hardaway that's correct (laughs) I didn't know that, but that's the no only one, one that you need no to know. No one can really. expect me to and, know anything um, that happens to do with sports. He ball. is an alumna of one of our Greek organizations that we have on campus. Oh yeah. Yep. He was a great player. Yes, he's a great coach. He is popular. Yes. Hmm. I have no idea. But you know. I promise to not take us down the sports road. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can enjoy sports. Listen, There's nothing yeah, wrong with born, that. Born and raised in a small town outside of Jacksonville, Florida, I am a huge Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Nice. Um, so I understand, you know, constantly being disappointed in sports, but supporting my team. Yeah, but you know, it's the- not. You can't be anywhere near as disappointed as Buffalo Bills fans. Tennessee Titans fans. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's Cleveland fair. Browns That's fair. fans. Um, <laughs> Listen, am I, Tennessee am Titans I missing any? used to be good. Back they had in the day, one good year, one their the, first year. Their first they, year. <laughs> they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars all the time. They called the Jacksonville Stadium their home away from home. They sure did. That was for a few <laughs> years. Yeah, we really did not like them. Those were back in the Jeff Fisher days. Back It was back in that late 90s, early 2000s period. Back when there was still a hope they, we might win. <laughs> but now obviously i'm i'm over that bitterness because i live in tennessee now so it's all fun and games <laughs> so yeah. so tell us a little bit about fraternity sorority life at the university of memphis um um our students let's see we have a small but mighty population is what I would say. Yeah. Um, so we have, we say that we're about 10% of the undergraduate students. Um, but the, the members that we have that are in the organizations are passionate and com- involved and um, some of the most involved and amazing students that you'll find on our campus. 
Um, so it's really exciting. I love being able to work with them every day. Hmm. What do you like most about it? Like what, what, what really, I mean, you talked about how you, you needed to make a, you know, a life change. Why this? So, you know, I think it goes back, there's a number of different factors into it. But um, like I said, you know, I was the first person in my family, um, in my immediate family who attended a four year institution. So, you know, I didn't have parents who were in Greek organizations, or anything like that. And so when I went to college, what I knew about fraternities and sororities was what I had seen in Animal House. Um, and so was obviously not a fan of, um, fraternity and sorority life, did not understand why people did it, um, just didn't, didn't see any benefits to it. And then once I got on campus and met some of the sorority women that were on our campus, started to understand some of the little pieces about it as to why fraternity and sorority life was so great. Um, so I decided to go through recruitment my sophomore year completely fell in love with my organization. Um, you know, the cliche thing that they say when you go through recruitment and just trust the process and you'll find where you're supposed to be. Um, as cliche as it is, it's absolutely 100% true. Um, and I fell in love with my organization. I fell in love with what my organization stands for. And I fell in love with the relationships that I was building with the women in my organization. Um, women who were not in a STEM major like I was, so people that I wouldn't have met had I not gone through recruitment. Um, and I was given so many opportunities during my undergraduate career and then after I graduated um, through my organization that I realized, you know, this is something that's really important and I want to do everything that I can to make sure that women for generations to come have the opportunities that I had. Um, so I think, you know, we're really at a crossroads with fraternity and sorority life right now with it being in the news all the time with the negative aspects of it. And so I think there needs to be people across the country who are passionate about the reasons that Greek life needs to stay, um, and need to get up every morning and fight for it. What do you, staying on that point, you said that you're at a crossroads right now. What do you say to a parent or a student or another administrator when they, when they bring that up or when they have a question about what they see in the news or what they read in the paper or what they see online. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to just be honest with them. Um, so what we're going through right now at the university of Memphis, you know, it's orientation time. So we have our, our new student orientations that we have twice a week. Um, and I give a presentation to parents and then a presentation to students about Greek life. Um, and I'm honest with them and I tell them, look, I know, you know, hazing is a big thing. I know it's on everybody's mind. Um, let's talk about it and have an honest conversation. We have a zero tolerance policy for it here, but I need you to be a partner with me so that we can work on this together and make sure that, that nothing's going on that shouldn't be going on. Um, so letting, you know, letting the parents know how we're going to handle the situation. If something does arise, um, let them know that we don't condone it by any means. We're going to do everything in our power that we can to make sure nothing bad happens to their students, um, but that we need the students and the parents to be partners in that as well to make sure that nothing happens to anybody else. Do you get, do you get questions about that often? Um, it's something that normally I bring up because I know, I know there are going to be questions about it. Um, so I start that conversation and say, hey, let's just go ahead and, and talk about this now um, so that we can get it out in the open. We can have an honest, transparent conversation about it, and we can make sure that we're all on the same page moving forward. I, am I correct in assuming that everybody 
everybody groups sororities and fraternities together, you know, all into the same bucket. Yes. Yep. Um, I mean, typically, so when, when we're talking about hazing allegations and things like that, um, generally you, you see those allegations in the fraternities more than you see them in the sororities. Um, but you also see them, I mean, when people are talking about Greek life, they lump them all together. Is, is it a perception thing or, you know, people just don't know. They just believe the bad things they hear. I think so. I think it's, there's a small population of students across the globe um, that are ruining it for everybody. If right. we're being yeah. honest, um, right. you know, it's a, it's a very, very small population of students who are the ones that are breaking the rules, but they're the ones that are being so outlandish that everybody is focusing on them. Um, and mm. so that's the only thing that, you know, in, in the media today, we like the stories that grab attention. Um, and so they're going to they're going to promote the negative things that these students are doing, um, the small, small percentage of students um, right. that are doing the bad things. And they're not going to focus as much on, you know, these organizations that have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for philanthropic initiatives or logged thousands of community service hours every year or, you know, have been volunteering at the middle school you know, reading books to elementary school children. They're not going to focus on that. They're going to focus on the negatives. To some, they they do have a thing about, you know, social groups, you know? <laughs> there's, there's, a little, there's a little bit of a, a stigma sometimes when it comes to those kinds of things that people, um, I think, would just understand kind of what it's there for and how people use it to really not just, I don't know. I know there's a perception there. And, right. and the perception is just not great. Um, yeah. And, you know, it is a few bad apples because I see Greek like at a lot of schools and they do so many things. They do so many great uh, philanthropic things. Um, I know Greek life has a big part in a lot of the stuff we do at Belmont. That is just amazing. Phila- um, philanthropic. That is such a long word. Um <laughs> kinds of things like we have a, a you know a thing called up till dawn um and while it is not a greek life thing i know our our greek uh organizations really like to pour themselves into that right um, and, and i've you seen know that i've up seen till dawn was founded at the university of memphis yeah actually I fun fact that. fun fact i knew that one <laughs> i think it's like a lot of things you know over the past you know not to get to into you know socio-political climates but instead of getting to know what a fraternity or sorority does everybody jumps to the conclusion you know i disagree with you therefore i must destroy you right absolutely i i think that's i think it's reflective you know of a lot of areas of society right now where you can't really have a discussion and learn more about somebody before making your judgment, it's boom, quick to judge. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't help when, um, you know, there are movies out there like Animal House. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, what? what's the one, um, the new one about the, the next door neighbors where they move next door to a fraternity house and it's just craziness all the time? Oh, um, Seth Rogen, yes. Zach Efron, the neighbor. Yeah. I think it's called the neighbors. Is it neighbors? I think that's what um, it's called. Yeah. It came out a couple years ago. You know, I mean that that doesn't help our cause at all. That's Whatever true. happened to Zach Efron anyway? I don't know. He was on Ellen the other day. Huh. He was in the Greatest Showman. 
Oh, yeah, oh. that's right. I guess he was. He recently did that Ted Bundy thing, though. So he got some critical uh, critical praise for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it. It looked like it was going to be too creepy. I hadn't I have not seen it, but I just read and it's one of the pop culture things. Hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, Zac Efron, you know, sorry, I was just curious because I've just I don't feel like I've heard his name in a while. Well, yeah. he was in High School Musical. Then. Well, I know that. I mean, but that was a while ago. <laughs> he graduated to the fraternity of actors in Hollywood, if you will. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't, I need to keep up with pop culture better, I swear. Well, anyway. Kelsey, um, what are some, you know, tell us some, tell us some good things. You, you know, use this platform. Um, is there, about, is there, sorry, is, is there a, is there a story or stories that stick out, you know, student X, um, maybe had a rough start, but now this student has become a success story and credits his or her involvement in their organization. Um, I mean, I think there are those stories that you get every day. Um, you know, I've only I've only been at Memphis for for nine months now, so I haven't seen students, you know, that started as the shy little freshman and are graduating top of their class um, as a senior. But you know, I experienced that when I was an undergrad, um, and I experienced that as an advisor for my chapter as well. Um, that you get these students that come in that are unsure about themselves, um, you know, unsure about how the world as a whole works and sure about what they want to do with their life. Um, and you know, their organization helps to grow them into that person. Um, and they become, they they're thriving on campus and then they're thriving as somebody once they graduate. Um, and I think, I think there's something to be said with that about these organizations. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the issues where there are panhellenic organizations that are standing up against Harvard right now, um, that there's really something to be said about these single gendered organizations, um, that they allow for that growth. Um, you know, our, our sororities allow for these women to come together and really grow together over the two or the three or the four years that they're in their organizations and really develop as a person, um, to when they graduate Hmm. so that they can go on and they can do big things. So, you know, several of the, um, you know, again, not to get into political stuff, but several of the Democratic um, candidates that are running right now that are out there, um, they're, they're sorority women, they're fraternity men, uh, you know, so they're out there, you may not know, but I can guarantee you that there are a lot of people in your life who have grown and developed because of their Greek organization, and you may not even know that they're a member of a Greek organization. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very true. It's, you know, networking alone it's 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 a gold mine. It is. Absolutely. Um, and, and the bonds that you have with people, even like I I can say for certain that I could travel anywhere in the country and I could connect with a member of my organization that I had never met before, but connect with them once I got to wherever that place is. Because you already have that bond with them that you've been initiated, you've had the same ritual, you have the same values, that you stand for the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can already develop that friendship, um, you know, even more um, quickly than you would normally. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a connective tissue too. We when we first you know hopped on this call and started chatting, 
I think I said we, we were talking about Memphis sports uh, and Fernie Hardaway. And I said, I wouldn't take us too far into sports, you know, but sports is a connective tissue that a lot of people, you know, it, at least from a 30,000 foot view, you know, a lot of people like sports so that, you know, that that's a connective tissue Absolutely. that you have to talk about. And I think whether you're in the same organization or not, if you're Greek, that's a common ground for a lot of people to talk, to meet up, to talk about their experiences, to share. Absolutely. You know, and, I, and, I, and I've seen that happen. Uh, one of my best friends, um, I, he is a high-ranking member of his national organization. And knowing him all these years, I, I, I think my perception would be totally different of Greek life if I wasn't you know, close friends with him and, and, and know what they're about, know what they stand for, know what these organizations do. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that that's something that people don't think about, um, is that Greek life is, is a stepping stone and a platform to allow you to interact with people that you may not you know, necessarily have interacted with before or, you know, give you, uh, give you a platform to do, you know, good things for people. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I mean, Kiwanis club is like that, isn't it? Or rotary club <laughs> or any of these other kinds of things that people do that people look at as, you know, great organizations that do good things. Right. You know, um, Right. And but with, you know, with fraternities and sororities, they see the partying or they see the hazing. And so then they don't. And again, you know, with that being a small, small population of students, um, they don't take it a step further and look at the networking skills, the leadership skills, um, you know, the being able to be a part of something that's bigger than you, you know, learning how to be part of a team, learning how to work with people that you may not get along with all the time. Um, you know, being able to step out of your comfort zone and work with people from all walks of life. They don't get to see any of that. Uh, take us through what it, it used to be called Rush. Yes, it's now called Recruitment. Okay, t take us through Recruitment. You know, what's that like for somebody who's interested in going through it? Absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, it can be a little bit stressful. So, um, you know, preparing yourself for the several days or the week, however long it is. Um, and the process is, is the same, but it can always, it can definitely be a little bit different depending on the campus that you're at. Um, as far as how many organizations are on the campus, how many, um, potential new members are going through the recruitment process. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit, I'm going to talk about panhellenic recruitment specifically. Uh -huh. Um, but the way that it works is day one, everybody who's interested in going through Panhellenic recruitment gets to visit all of the chapters that day. Um, so that can be on my campus, that's seven organizations. Um, so they'll go to seven different, we call them parties or rounds. Um, they'll go to seven rounds the first night. And then after that, it's a mutual selection process. So um, without getting too complicated into the nitty gritty, how it works, um, the students will make a list of let's say they can go back to up to five houses after the that first round um they'll make a list of their top five and then the sororities will be able to do um, a ranking system as well so it's a mutual selection process where you decide where you want to go back and then the sororities kind of invite you back as well um, and that shortens every day until you get to the last night 
which is called preference night, which is a little bit more serious. Um, they talk to you a little bit about, you know, the history and the values of the organization. Um, not really ritual, but a little bit almost like ritual. And then the day after that is bid day, um, where you get your bid from the organization that is offering you um, admittance into their organization. It sounds hmm. like such a fast process. You start it and it's over, but you know, it, it is a, a busy week having witnessed Absolutely. it myself, you know, it's, it's stressful. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, you know, it can be, there are some campuses that do it over the course of a long weekend. There are some campuses that it ends up being a week and a half because they have so many chapters and so many women going through the process. Um, but it definitely makes for some long nights, no matter how long the process is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty exhausting. You're talking to a lot of people the entire day, um, you know, letting them know about yourself, learning about their organization, making sure that your values align with their values, um, and seeing if you can really see yourself fit in that organization. You have to be on for yes. that many hours, that many days. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the best thing, the best thing that you can do when you're going through that process um, is not only make sure that you're being yourself, um, but make sure that you're talking about things that you're passionate about. So um, I remember when I went through the recruitment process, one of the reasons that I fell in love with my organization so much is that they didn't just ask me the typical questions about where are you from? What are you majoring in? You know, why did you decide to go to Georgia Southern? Um, but we actually, I love Harry Potter. <laughs> and one of the, the women in my organization, we just talked about Harry Potter the whole time. Um, you know, and so we were able to make that connection and it felt like a genuine connection, um, that it wasn't just the same questions being asked over and over again. Hmm. At some point I've got to watch those movies. <gasps> you haven't <laughs> seen them? No. Oh my gosh. So I'm assuming you also haven't read the books? That is correct. Oh my gosh. Okay. This phone call's over. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I get that reaction so many times <laughs> when I admit to not having seen them or read them oh, but i have so much I, I have two little girls and i am looking forward to reading them to them and with them so great I, i'm i'm excited for it so i guess we come to you know our last question for you um so you know we have so many folks that listen to the show that are admissions folks or they're marketing folks or they're you know they're student affairs folks uh you know what do you what do you think they should know about you and what people like you do at their universities? What's important? Um, so I think it's important for everybody to know, you know, even if you weren't a member of a Greek organization, don't knock it just because you didn't experience it. Um, you know, like like we talked about, Greek life has so many positive aspects of it. Um, and again, you know, there's just a few bad apples that are, you know, ruining it for everybody else. Um, but you know, all the time you see the most involved, the most active, um, some of the strongest students 
are involved in a Greek organization. Um, so definitely, I think it's something to promote. I think it's something to let the new students that are coming into an institution know about, um, you know, let them know why it's there. But I think I think it's really important to understand the value behind it. Um, so understand what these organizations stand for um, and understand their history and why they've been around for so long and why they need to be around in the future. Um, but just just making yourself aware of it, especially if you weren't a member yourself, um, to, to just know why it's so important to so many people. And, and definitely probably look at it on your campus, right? And see Absolutely. what good yes. the organizations good, on your campus are doing. It. Absolutely. Um, go hang out at, at recruitment for a day with the, the fraternity and sorority life staff. They will appreciate it so much if you bring them a coffee or something. Um, <laughs> You know, go go experience the NPHC and the MGC probates. Those are amazing to watch. Um, and, you know, go to the philanthropy events that your IFC or your Panhellenic organizations are doing. Um, learn about the community service that they're doing and show up and watch them, you know, get their hands dirty and do, do the dirty work. Um, just, yeah, be around, show up, um, show interest. It's almost as if when you step on to a college campus, you should have an open mind. It's almost. It's almost right. It 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 is. It's almost like that. Um, you know, and then if if the student decides that Greek life isn't for them, you know, campuses have hundreds and hundreds of other registered student organizations. Um, we have over two hundred and seventy five at the University of Memphis. So if Greek life isn't your fit, there's something that's there. Um, yeah. You know that that you'll be interested in, and if not, you can create your own. Um, that's the part of the college experience. It, if you're involved in something like that that you care so much about, it does, you know, it, it makes such a difference. I think in in managing stress, uh, just you know, having people close to you that are going through the same things as you, whether it's Greek life or you know, TV station, whatever. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, somebody that's there that that understands you that you can call and vent to or cry to or, you know, call up and say, hey, I really need to go get some ice cream. Let's meet up. Um, you know, one of my best friends who is my little, she and I used to get together and we used to watch uh, Planet Earth <laughs> on a weekly basis. We'd get ice cream and, uh, you know, we'd watch science TV shows because um, that's what we like to do together. That's um, a good evening. So I, I think so, too. We had a blast. So, um, you know, just being able to, to find your people. Yeah, and that, and that's good. That, that's a good line too. Find your people because I mean, looking back on it, college is rough. It's yeah, it it's is. stressful. It's yeah. hard, and and I think a lot of people forget that. Well, the number one way, you know, generally, and okay, maybe not that I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but I can say this, um, or a counselor. But you know, you I'll don't have to be. This is an you opinion show. Yeah. Human human interaction. Being with a group of people of which you have common something with is the best way to, you know, battle anxiety. It really is. Um, anxiety in a lot of in a lot of forms is you feeling alone and not part of something, and being part of something helps combat that. Yeah, it really yeah. does. And, and you find your people that can help you through that, but that can also hold you accountable. We're um, social so not, creatures. 
not only do they help pull you out of that, but they hold you accountable and make sure you're still going to class. You're still, you know, getting the GPA that you need to get. You're still following through on all the commitments that you've made, but helping you through the process. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah, and you mentioned, Logan, that we're social creatures, but it, it does help, you know, if you are feeling isolated or alone or anxious about cl- class load, workload, off-campus job, you know, if you have a group that's close to you and you can get those feelings out, I'm a big believer in that you're so much better off. Absolutely. I agree. So, yeah, thanks for being on the ship this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think that's all the time we've got. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you know, we got serious for a moment, but I thought it was good. You know, yes. these are conversations that I, I don't know that they happen enough. Sometimes I feel like we're too deep in the forest to see the trees. Right. to use an old cliche, but, but I think it's true. You know, when you step back and look, you know, at the students who are doing all these amazing things and they're planning out the rest of their life, you know, it's a stressful time. Right. And I think what? sometimes we forget that they're, you know, the traditional college student is 18 to 22. You know, we're, exactly. expecting, them, we're expecting them to have all the answers and they don't. Exactly. So that's why I'm here. That's why you're here is to help guide them through that process. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, why you join a Greek organization also. So well, you have Kelsey, peers that can help you through it. The University of Memphis slash Memphis State has a good one with you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Listeners, head down to highered.social and get links to the stuff we talked about today and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, Please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us, and it lets us know what you think of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HES Podcast. Send us a tweet. We love talking to you. And don't forget to let us know if you want to be on the show. Higher Ed Social was created by Jackie Vitrano and Logan Bishop and is produced by the amazing Emma Haas. It's part of the Connect EDU Network, the first podcast network for higher education. Visit the website connectedu.network and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Thanks, and have a great week.